0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when they insult you, And persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. In aquel tiempo, cuando Jesús vis al muchedumbre, subió al monte y se sentó, entonces se le acercaron sus discípulos. En seguida comenzó a enseñarles, habiéndoles así. Dichosos los pobres de espíritu, porque de ellos es el reino de los cielos. Dichosos los que oran, porque serán consolados. Dichosos los sufridos, porque heredarán la tierra. Dichosos los que tienen hambre y sed de justicia, porque serán saciados. Dichosos los misericordiosos, porque obtendrán misericordia. Dichosos los limpios de corazón, porque varán a Dios. Dichosos los que trabajan por la paz, porque se les llamará hijos de Dios. Dichosos los perseguidos por causa de la justicia, porque de ellos es el reino de los cielos. Dichosos serán ustedes cuando los injurien, los persigan y digan cosas falsas de ustedes por causa mía. Allegranse y salten de contento, porque su premio será grande en los cielos. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Have a seat. I had my first car accident just outside those doors when I was 16. My folks had the rarest of things in our family the only time this happened the whole time I remember growing up they got a weekend away and so I was staying with my grandmother that makes it sound special she lived with us but that's why I was allowed to stay at home I had a license I was supposed to drive myself to and from work at school and take grandma to church on Sunday. I was not supposed to be scooping the loop with my friends. I got hit right here going north on 6 by a car that ran the red here at high. And so the accident was definitely not my fault. But I still wasn't supposed to have the car downtown. Father Kiernan was on the front steps of the cathedral, having just finished, of all things, a wedding, and he saw the whole thing happen. Well, he ran over first to make sure everybody was okay, but when it became clear that nobody was really injured and that I needed some more help, he looked at me and he said, you're Pat McManus's boy, aren't you? And I said, yes, Father. He said, I went to school with your dad. I know that, Father. You're in a heap of trouble, aren't you? Yes, Father. So after the police came and did their thing, he helped me shift the car into neutral. We pushed it up six and into the parking lot back here. And before he let me call my dad, he went in the rectory and changed his clothes and came out with a dolly and a toolbox and got up underneath the car and did some kind of mechanical magic that made this not quite as bad as it was going to be once Dad finally got here. Then we called my folks. They were a couple hours out of town. And those two or three hours waiting for their return were the longest of my life. I knew that I was sunk. I knew that I was in desperate, deep trouble. And I knew, worse than anything, that I'd have terrifically disappointed my father. He and I had built that car together from a wreck that he'd found at work. I'd destroyed something really precious. Not just that he'd given me, but that we'd made together. So we waited there in the parlor of the rectory, two, three hours. Father Kiernan just talking, trying to keep me calm. Dad showed up, came into the parlor. It was just he and I and Father. And this is the only time my whole childhood this ever happens, before anybody calls DHS 25 years late. He cracked me once across the face. It's open-handed. It wasn't too bad. And to be honest, at the time, it felt good. Because I knew I deserved it or something like it. And he was, like, heaving. He was so upset, right? And Father Kiernan just looked at him. And he said, you done? Let me think about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. And then he started, and before he got about three words in... Kiernan held his hand up, and he said, Pat, remember, your parents were married here. My dad said, I know that, Father. We grew up here. And he said, no. When your folks got married, your mom wasn't Catholic. In those days, couldn't happen in the church. They were literally married in that room. The room where, 60 years later, my dad had cracked me across the face for stealing the car and wrecking it. Something happened in that moment. Something, I think, that ultimately probably helped lead to my vocation to the priesthood. In the living room of the rectory, I touched grace. There was a kind of sacrament that took place in that space recognizing that once upon a time, a sacrament had taken place in that very space. And that it wasn't just the church, as magnificent as it is, the cathedral itself that was holy, but that holiness had happened all over the place here. And of course, the seed that was planted in that rectory parlor on a Thursday morning on the way to work, 80 years before, that grew up not just into my dad and his siblings, Us, the grandkids, it had this, like, reverberating effect. I mean, in important ways, I would not be here celebrating your nuptial mass were it not for that couple 100 years ago. I wouldn't be here in an even more mysterious way were it not for wrecking the car out there 25 years ago. Sacraments are like that. There are these peak moments, particular, to be sure. So something does happen new here today that's not just what's gone on before. But in order for this to work, in order for the, for the grace of the day to take, it depends on the authenticity of all the I do's you've said up till now and the million more that await you in the future. The the potency of the grace that you're given today is dependent in important ways on your willingness to cooperate. God will give you everything you need to succeed. But success does, importantly, depend simply on the two of you. Usually when I preach at weddings, I tell a story about a bed. My grandparents, who married here, got a bed, and that bed has been passed down in my family ever since. It's the bed I sleep on at night, the rectory at Christ the King. The bed has become this kind of potent symbol of what married life means, of what family life means, and I'm kind of holding it in trust till I have a niece or a nephew old enough to need it. Those kind of symbols get passed down in families. That's ultimately what the Lazo, we'll use here in a few moments is about the lazo, this double-sided rosary is meant to show the bindingness of the couple together a couple months ago I was doing a wedding and the bride made the groom sweat a bit more than Jesse has Jorge at least in different ways she was real late, like an hour imagine that and um, so we had to kind of rush the wedding And when we got to the lasso part, the poor groom, who was real nervous and hadn't had anything to eat all day, started to sway. So they're kneeling, they're kneeling down at the kneelers and the the lasso's over their shoulders, and they're up closer to me at the altar in the other church. and, And I know I can't get around the altar fast enough to catch him, and they're too high up for anybody from the crowd to be able to run up. So I just catch the bride's eye. She looks over. She sees that he's gonna fall. So she takes the lasso, this ornamental rope. No way it could hold up the weight of a full-grown man, right? And she shimmies it down over top of her chest, takes a deep breath, and Wonder Woman style holds the boy up. And it took. He passed out and she kept him afloat. There are days you'll keep him afloat and days shall do the same for you. That's the point of this, really. It's not simply, though, about cooperation or um, being patient and long-suffering with one another's weaknesses. That's the reason that story about my dad and I in the rectory seems so potent to me today. It's ultimately a story of forgiveness, yeah? Yeah and of reconciliation. I mean, I turn 40 in a month, my dad's not so mad about a car I wrecked 24 years ago. We often call confession the sacrament of reconciliation, but I think that's a bit of a mistake. All the sacraments reconcile. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine, as a celibate, I can't imagine a relationship in which you have to forgive and be forgiven more than when you're married to somebody. I can't imagine a place where you come to know reconciliation any deeper than what you are about to do. And of course, all of that is manifested most perfectly every time we come to the Lord's altar. The words that priest is privileged to say in virtue of his office in the church are meant to be the words on the lips of every Christian spouse every day of their married lives. This is my body. It is for you. This is my life's blood poured out for you. Do this, not in memory of each other, not in memory of what happened today. Do what happens today in memory of him and what happens every time we come to the altar. Bishop Barron likes to say, the only commandment of the Lord the church has not failed to keep is do this in memory of me. Whatever else we've messed up, this one thing we manage over and over and over again. And if that's true, and I think there's a good case that it is, I think it's only because it's here that we find our deepest source of meaning in life. It's here that we come to understand what it means to be husband and wife, man and woman, brother, sister, mother, father, daughter, son, and friend. It's here that we come to understand what it means to be human, and ultimately, what it means to be in love with each other, And together with God.